Every day, traders and investors dive in to tackle the ever-changing markets to find opportunity. Futures Radio Show is your number one source for answers to the questions that all market participants want to ask. Veteran futures trader Anthony Crudelli sits down with the most influential leaders and top traders in the industry. Now, here's your host, Anthony Crudelli. What's up, everybody? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning in for this episode with Tim McCourt. Futures Radio Show is sponsored by CME Group. They are the world's leading and most diverse futures and options exchange. CME Group's markets help individuals and businesses around the world effectively manage risk. For access to free educational tools and resources for the active individual trader, please visit activetrader.cmegroup.com. Remember, new shows are posted on Mondays and Thursdays. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This show is also sponsored by Trading Technologies, FTSE Russell, and RJO Futures. To learn about some great offers that these sponsors have for our listeners, please visit futuresradioshow.com slash sponsors. Today, I spoke with the Managing Director and Global Head of Equity Products and Alternative Investments at CME Group, Tim McCourt. Tim is on the front line when it comes to the development of the Microe Mini and Bitcoin Futures products. With us just passing the one-year anniversary of the Micros, I wanted to have Tim back on the show to see how well the Micros have done. Tim shares with us the really incredible stats that we are seeing in the use of micro e-mini futures across the globe. And with all of that growth that CME is seeing, they have now decided to announce micro e-mini options. So Tim shares with us the details of the upcoming launch. Last but not least, we talked about Bitcoin halving and how Bitcoin futures have seen tremendous growth in their daily volume. So without further ado, let me take you right to the interview with Tim. Explain to everybody what it is you do at CME Group. Sure. So I am Global Head of Equity Index Products and Alternative Investment Products at CME Group. And what that really means is I manage the business line that is responsible for futures and options on futures on all the global equity index benchmarks, as well as the alternatives such as commodity indices and cryptocurrency, like our Bitcoin futures and our Bitcoin options on futures that we launched earlier this year. It's all part of my remit and arguably the most exciting products we talk about on your show for sure. <laughs> yep. No doubt the micros have been the hot topic for the past year. Uh, and speaking of just the past year, we just had the one-year anniversary. Talk to us about how well the micros did in the first year. It's been a tremendous first year for the micro e futures. You know, it seems like only yesterday, Anthony, when we were talking about the launch and the run-up to the launch and the excitement, and it's been amazing for CME for the marketplace, for our customers, and for, for new entrants into the market as well. You know, since launching a little over a year ago, we've traded over 245 million micro e futures contracts across all the four major indices, being the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, the Russell 2000, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And it's been amazing. You know, since we look at that, that equates to over 913,000 contracts per day since launch and the over 1.5 million contracts trading per day in 2020. It's been amazing and certainly has exceeded my wildest expectations for sure. It's been a lot of fun to watch and I'm excited to see where, where you, year two takes us uh, after this. 
When I was reading the one-year anniversary stats, what really stuck out to me the most was the amount of countries that were participating in trading the micros. Because to me, it told me that there's just growth across the globe with this product. Can you share with us how many different countries and, and just all different parts of the world that are actively trading the micros? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly been something to, amazing to watch as well, where even for well-established contracts, it's always interesting to see how the international adoption will, will manifest and how it will present itself. But the fact that we've been able to trade in more than 160 countries since launching one year ago has been fantastic. And then when we look at the percentage of volume, not even just the geographic distribution, but the percentage of volume in the micros originating outside of the U.S. is also about 27%, uh, which is a little bit above average compared to the equity index complex as a whole. So it's been great to see that it's, you know, the, the distribution is pretty wide. People are actively trading the contract. I really just think that speaks to the global international demand for trading the U.S. equity index benchmarks. And this is just another great example of what we can accomplish when we listen to customer demand and design a right product that meets a very specific need in the marketplace. Has the micros volume hurt or help the bigger e-mini products? That's a great question. So I would say this maybe a two-part answer. Uh, overall, certainly has not hurt. Uh, and I actually think it's helped to a small degree. Uh, what's interesting is before the volatility spike we saw that started end of February, beginning of March, it was very clear that it was uh, not cannibalizing or kind of eating into the e-mini flow. And when we look at that, it's really when we look at the average clip size of the trade, uh, as well as the bid-ask spreads, it's very clear that it was complementary. Now, what's interesting is when we moved into the volatility time, it still wasn't harmful to the E-mini flow. But what we did see is we did see some traders actually trade both of the contracts more often. And I think what that speaks to is the smaller right size contract is even helpful to those traders who are using the E-mini when the risk returns to the market in perhaps a, a violent or kind of you know, very intense fashion that we saw in the last few weeks and months you can use the smaller size contract to scale up or scale down your position without having to trade an entire e-mini contract, even if you prefer to trade the e-mini. You can be a seasoned e-mini trader, but if you, you're not sure what's going to happen when the market's moving a few percentage points per day, the micros are certainly complementary and a new risk management tool that you could use to hedge your positions or kind of scale in or out of the market. So we did see that, but I would still say it was complementary. It was in addition to, it was not necessarily a replacement of the e-mini strategy. Well, you pretty much explained me in <laughs> that explanation is because I'm somebody who's been an active E-mini S&P trader for many years. And the beginning of March, I started to use the micros for some of my positions because exactly the way you explained it, uh, when the volatility was getting really wide, I'm looking at it going, Man, I got to enter into a 20 to 30 point range here. My stop's so wide you know what, I think I'm going to start using the micros. And what's funny is now that volatility has come down a bit, I've actually now been using the micros for my swing positions and really just added an, another really level of my trading with the micros. And I know a lot of my uh, trader friends that have been trading for a long time ha have done that as well. So it's it's good to hear it from you that it's it's actually happening across these products. Now, the one thing I'm curious about is 
So we know that pretty much the S&P is the big boy, right? Uh, when we look at the regular E-mini, it's the, probably the most volume. And then I don't know what's second, third, or fourth, maybe NASDAQ, Russell, and Dow. I'm curious for the, for the micro products. Are you seeing the percentages the same? You know, is is the S and P still the most? Then maybe the Nasdaq, and then the Russell and the Dow. How does that all unfolded? That's a great question. So when we look at the four micro EMI futures contract, there's certainly uh, a more proportionate uh, representation across S and P and Nasdaq, which Anthony, to your point, is not surprising given we see that characteristic in the EMI as well. Uh, you know, where typically there's a little bit of, of daylight between the NASDAQ and the Dow and the Russell in terms of ADV, with S&P 500 always being the kind of the top spot. What's interesting about the micros is that proportion has shifted a little bit for NASDAQ. And what I mean by that is typically in the E-minis, we'll say, let's say about 60% of the volume of the four come out on the S&P 500. And maybe NASDAQ is doing, call it 30% right, plus or minus, and then kind of Dow and Russell split the balance. What's interesting about the micros is S&P micro E-mini futures contracts are only about 50% of the micro high, with NASDAQ being about 10 percentage points higher, uh, kind of between that 30 and 40% range, where we've actually seen days where the micro NASDAQ has out-traded the micro S&P. And I think that really speaks to the attractiveness of the NASDAQ complex and stock that make up the NASDAQ 100, for the active individual trader out there. I mean, the NASDAQ has been, as you know, has been a red hot trade, I think the last few years, and certainly uh, the micro makes that trade a little bit more accessible for futures traders. Uh, And then we see, you know, micros, the Dow and Russell kind of splitting, you know, equally about the balance. Uh, But that's been great to watch, where I think in average, or sorry, in aggregate, since the launch, the S&P has done about 120 million contracts, and the NASDAQ micro has done about 90 million contracts. So they're, they're kind of keeping up with each other, uh, and that's been a great development to see. It just goes back to what you said about the micros versus the big products and, and how when volatility kicked up, you saw more people going to the micros. And the NASDAQ is a more volatile product. So I could really understand and see why a lot of day traders have gone to the micros because on a day-to-day basis, it's pretty much the most volatile market. And and also even for me, just using my experience, what I'm doing and using the micros as well, is I started to trade You know, the other products uh, that, like I said, I'm not day trading them is is much i'm using the micros more for swing swing positions and and they're just really great for that because if we do get volatility a lot of day traders can go to the micros and almost use them like options is kind of what a lot of us have talked about and and speaking of that i know that you guys recently announced the launch of micro options and i think it's just for the s p and the nasdaq so talk to us about how that's evolved yeah, that's right. Just last week, we announced that this fall of 2020, we're going to be introducing options on the E-mini, uh, the options on the micro E-mini S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 futures, uh, which is kind of, you know, as you said, is the next natural evolution uh, in this E-mini equity index story. Uh, the NASDAQ and S&P are kind of the clear uh, volume leaders of the four. And as we talked about before on this show and elsewhere in the marketplace, to introduce options, you really need a robust underlying futures market first. You know, we've had the market a little over a year now, so we think it makes great sense to introduce options 
that are also right-sized to increase precision by which market participants can manage your risk, hedge their positions, or access the market using options. We're very excited about that. And I think this is something where just another example of what we can do when we're trying to innovate and trying to round out the offering and equity indices. Um, I'm super excited to see how the options will do. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't necessarily say it'll be the same uh, success as the Futures, which was the, the most successful product launch in CME group history. Uh, but certainly going to be a lot of fun uh, as we bring these, these option products to market over the summer as we head into the fall. Now, I'm not an options trader, but I'm curious about some of the details of the micro options. I know that there's monthly expirations and weekly expirations and the regular e-mini products. And that's about really all I know about the options market. But uh, I'm curious as to, is it going to be really exactly the same like the, the bigger products or is it going to be a little bit different? So in terms of the way the product will work, the options will be on one of the micro futures contracts. So that will be the same relationship that the micro e-mini futures represent as well, where the options will be one-tenth the size of the classic or iconic e-mini S&P options or e-mini, e-mini NASDAQ 100 options at CME. Where it's going to be a little bit different is, the let's call it the product offering, the market structure around options. Uh, as, as people are familiar with options, there are several maturities offered, as you alluded to, as well as uh, a bunch of strike arrays and strike listing. So what will be a little bit different with the micro options is that offering will be a little bit trimmed down. Uh, you know, we're only going to be offering 10 maturities in the listing cycle at once, which will include five Friday options, three end of months, and two quarterlies. There won't be any Mondays or Wednesdays. And of those five Fridays, uh, two of them will be the third Friday serial or monthly options, and then kind of rotating three weeks of Fridays on the week one, two, and four schedule. And what that does, that was in response to customer feedback, uh, both from our retail broker partners, as well as end users, as well as market makers. And they want to focus the liquidity provision where we think it makes most sense to introduce the product. And that's focusing on the Fridays, quarterlies, and end of month. Uh, so that would be the first uh, product listing for the e-mini NASDAQ 100 futures. And, sorry, the micro e-mini NASDAQ 100 futures, uh, options futures, and S&P 500 options on futures. Uh, so a little bit trimmed down, but otherwise, for all intents and purposes, just one-tenth the size, with just slightly less maturities uh, when, we, when we launch this product in the fall. And similar to the question that I asked about the micros versus the bigs and the volume, do you think that the market, obviously you're seeing demand, you're hearing demand from clients about getting options on the micros. I'm assuming that you're expecting this to have a similar result with helping the growth or not hurting the existing volume in the regular options. That's correct. Certainly our expectation, I mean, hard to forecast exactly what will happen when we launch the product, but we're expecting and trying to position this as a similar complementary feature to the market where that smaller right size contract will be additive to even those users who are currently using e-mini options at CME, or if they're actively trading other options in the marketplace, uh, this may be an easier on-ramp for them into the options on future style products. And when we look at it, you know, it's something unique where we've had over 155,000 unique accounts trade the micro e-mini futures contract. Just about half of those accounts are kind of new traders uh, to CME. 
Uh, so I'd also think that when we look to introduce options on the micro e-mini futures, we are certainly trying to position it uh, in a similar fashion where we're attracting other individuals that are already active in the ecosystem if they're not trading at CME yet, but maybe they're trading ETF options or, or maybe some of the, the smaller size cash index options. Uh, this certainly will be a more attractive on-ramp, so I think to all the benefits that options on futures have. So that is all the same story, very similar to the futures mantra that we've been working on over the last few years uh, since we've launched, uh, announced and launched the micro EME futures. Uh, it's certainly going to be exciting to see uh, the adoption profile of options. But at this point, that is our expectation, is that we'll be tackling this from a similar vantage point because uh, it has a lot of the same benefits as the micro EME futures. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me because I even look at myself as somebody who has dabbled in the options markets, as you could tell from my previous comments. I don't know a ton about them, but this is a is a great product for someone like me who's been trading regular futures for, for many, many years and really been looking to do more options. But sometimes you look at it and you say, you know what, this might be a little uh, too big of a position to take on the way I want to do it. And this offers even someone like myself, who's been doing this a lot of years, the ability to step in and use the micro options the, the way that I've stepped in and started to use the micro. So I could see a lot of traders that are trading, like you said, ETFs or other products and look at these micro options and say, it's a great way to uh, to step in and start participating in the futures markets, which obviously <laughs> we all love to hear more people getting involved in futures. And one product that I've been really seeing a lot of talk about on Twitter over the last couple of months is... Bitcoin futures. And really since I started seeing the Bitcoin having tweets coming out, and uh, this was not something I was really familiar with uh, and not really totally understanding of what it was initially. And then I learned as to what it was and I realized this is something that, that's happened actually before and it's planned to happen. If you could real quick, explain to everybody what Bitcoin having is and how, if at all, it's had an impact on CME's Bitcoin futures. Sure. So when we look at the Bitcoin having, what that speaks to is the event that is not necessarily on an exact predetermined schedule, but at a certain point in time, uh, the reward for mining Bitcoin and effectively verifying the transaction uh, is reduced, is cut in half. Uh, so what that does is that's akin to a supply side shock right in the market. Uh, where if the reward for mining the Bitcoin, which, as you remember, that's a, a predetermined, prefixed number. There's only 21 million Bitcoin that will be in existence uh, forever. And right now we think uh, it'll be the last few million will be mined between now and sometime uh, in you know, 2140, so a long ways out. Uh, but the reward will continue to half as, as we as the number of Bitcoins are mined. Uh, so what that does is the mechanics of the Bitcoin market are still, in my opinion, largely driven by supply and demand. So when you have these type of shocks on one side, whether they're demand-driven, which we've seen uh, over the last few years, but this one, a kind of known, uh, well-understood and kind of forecasted supply-side uh, shock to the market, is it introduces both trading opportunity as well as people needing to hedge the price of Bitcoin because uh, we have seen some uh, you know, intense price action around previous having events and uh, certainly kind of the year following. So a lot of people are just looking to position around the having, which happened last month, uh, as well as manage their risk, uh, both to their uh, mining operations as well as to their portfolio. So we've actually seen you know, a good amount of trading in the Bitcoin futures 
at CME, as well as our our Bitcoin options that we launched back on January 13th. You know, we just recently had a record day where we traded over 1,400 Bitcoin options last week, um, you know, where our contract is worth five Bitcoin. That's almost, you know, a little more than 7,000 Bitcoin trading in options for a product that's a few months old is fantastic. And then when we look at the futures volume, we're doing just about 9,000 contracts, ADV or average daily volume here in 2020, which is up, you know, 35% from the end of 2019 and up about 120% year over year uh, through kind of end of Q1, uh, Q2 of 2019. So the Bitcoin complex remains strong at CME. Uh, volumes are growing. Participation is growing. It's all been a lot of fun to watch. Certainly some of it was, I think, um, a result of the having, but I think also just the result of ongoing adoption of the Bitcoin futures complex at CME as well. How long has Bitcoin been a future now? Has it been two years already or even longer, right? Yeah, a little over two years, almost two and a half years. We launched back in December of 2017. Uh, so it's been, you know, a little over uh, about just about two and a half years, let's say, for, for Bitcoin futures. And we're actually fastly approaching on the six, you know, you know, almost six months of Bitcoin options. Uh, so time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> and I. And for this year, because this is a year I look at Bitcoin and say, man, you know what? This is the year they kind of have to rally with everything that's going on and what Bitcoin represents. I remember when Bitcoin first came out and, you know, we kind of are uh, been watching this timeline. And I say everything that's going on in the world right now, to me, this should be a really hot year for Bitcoin. So as of 2020, is this the biggest surge that we've seen in volume and participation in Bitcoin? more than what you've seen over the past two years? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I think certainly um, the growth has continued, uh, but I think in terms of like the growth rate, uh, it's certainly up there. Uh, but I think even if we go back to the summer of 2019, I think we saw some, so, some growth volume. I think in general, what we've noticed is as the price uh, tends to move upwards, uh, into the you know the ten thousand range, that seems to be a, a watershed level, so to speak. I think when we see an increase in trading, an increase in hedging, um, so I think the this has certainly been a good uptake in volume. I think the last one is that we saw that was very similar was again when, when the Bitcoin price went north of ten thousand, I think all the way almost up to thirteen thousand. Um, so I think it's a function of of price uh, and event. But I think what's more interesting to watch is when we look at the growth pattern at CME, we also just had a record number of large open interest holders in Bitcoin futures at 71 uh, large open interest holders. So I think what's more encouraging to see is not only the volume growth, but open interest is continuing to grow. We have just about 15,000 contracts of open interest across the futures and options. So everything on a growth perspective in terms of uh, open interest, people holding positions, people managing their positions, that's growing along with volume over the last few months, which I think is, is an encouraging sign for the months ahead. Yeah, it makes perfect sense because as the price goes up, futures are doing what they're supposed to do. They're helping these miners and, and people that own a lot of the spot hedge. That's right. You know, I think that's, and that's the thing where the one thing that we like about our Bitcoin complex at CME is even though it's financially settled, it does settle to the Bitcoin reference rate, which is the once-a-day fixing on you know five of the largest spot exchanges where we have Bitstamp, Bitbit, Coinbase, Kraken, and Gemini. 
so I think the fact that it's also closely tracking the spot market, uh, but financially settled is also what makes it uh, easy for uh, institutions to get involved as well as traders. It's been something that, that we really enjoyed seeing not only our market develop, but the Bitcoin reference rate develop. Uh, and I think as time goes on, we'll continue to see increased adoption uh, in more and more institutions and and trading firms get involved in Bitcoin futures and options at CME. Exciting time for futures, Tim. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I, I know people will probably have a lot of follow-up questions for a lot of things that we talked about. Could you share with us uh, some links that people could go and follow along with the updates and the micro options or any other links that you'd like to share with us about what we talked about today? Sure. So I think a few useful links for, for the listeners to go to for the micro futures would be cmegroup.com slash micro e-mini. And then for options, it's cmegroup.com slash micro e-mini options. And then anyone who has questions about Bitcoin or the Bitcoin reference rate can go to cmegroup.com slash Bitcoin. Where can people follow you uh, and CME on Twitter? Uh, yeah, so they can always go to at CME Group uh, for, the, for the corporate Twitter handle. Uh, and then anyone who's interested, um, at Tim McCourt, CME. Uh, you know, and I think Twitter is certainly uh, something that we, that we look to when we follow around the micro, uh, as well as Bitcoin. So it's always a great place to stay connected, find information, or reach out if you need anything from myself or the team here at CME. We're always happy to help. Yeah, Tim, uh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, you've answered many of my questions, and I know a lot of the, the listeners out there have reached out to you on social media, and, and you've gotten all their questions, so we all really appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with me today. It's, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and have you on Futures Radio Show. My pleasure, Anthony. Always good to catch up. Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can listen to all of our episodes on FuturesRadioShow.com, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher.